Welcome to Ms. Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, a show about all things poetry. I'm your host, Catherine Owen. F is indeed for freedom, my favorite poetry outlaws. Freedom lately has taken a bad rap. That word instantly conjures up Americanization and groups of people waving the Canadian flag around and basically saying freedom means you can do whatever you want when you want, which is of course not what freedom means. And it always bothers me when a certain faction or, you know, group or a clique or cult of people are able to take a word away or a symbol away and somehow make it their own in the sense in which we can no longer feel free to speak it or use it in its much more broader, expansive sense. So freedom has always been a very important word and concept to me as a poet. So what does it mean in that context? Well, I think probably a lot of women poets are going to think right away of Virginia Woolf's Room of One's Own that you can't be a creative mind and being in the world if you don't have any of your own space, any of your own money, any of your own time. That is all crucial and has been a great struggle for women to obtain throughout history and still is when we are still paid less than men and still have most of the responsibility for child care and still have lots of sexism and ageism and so forth to contend with. Uh, so freedom, yes, it's essential. As I say, Wolf's famous room of one's own is only part of it. Of course, the most crucial freedoms are those from persecution and for speech. And prior to that, to clean water, food, and after this, to the ability to make a living doing what one is good at and to thereby keep a roof over one's head. Oh, this is an endless challenge. I've always been trying to make a living doing what I'm good at. And what I'm good at seems to make a very paltry living indeed. But the struggle goes on. However, in relation to poetry, what does freedom mean? This is indeed a conundrum. I believe in the muse, more on that later, and the practice of muse pursual, once they have called you in whatever sense, requires personal freedom. If not, ethical issues ensue beyond those one may have in relation to the muse themselves. This is often a terribly entangled situation. I believe I wrote this paragraph when I was uh, relatively single for a, a few years, a few years ago. And at that point, I was contemplating deeply on how pursuing the muse and my notions of freedom as an artist had impacted on my life and the lives of those I love around me or loved around me. And, you know, it's just an an unresolvable uh, situation because it's very difficult to be entirely without attachments and bonds in order to be able to pursue the muse without hurting others especially as i say so possibly this is not a problem if the muse is a mountain or a river or even a deceased person uh the last couple of years my muse has been my house and then fisher price toys so not really a concern but if it becomes a living man or woman an intimate freedom is essential so one is able to listen to the source and create from its energies 
So if you're writing poems about somebody who's not your partner, what do you do? It's, it's always complex. I continue to believe that the core of art is freedom. But of course, as we know, with freedom comes responsibility and also just a wisdom, an acknowledgement that there isn't any complete freedom. So how do you listen to what draws you and yet remain loyal to those who you are bonded to in life? A poet also needs the freedom to stare at nothingness, to feel awe. I spend a lot of time in my garden or inside my house if it's winter, uh, looking out, uh, assessing views, feeling whatever happens to course through me. So being able to have that freedom to do that for a period of time each day, I think is utterly crucial because that's when the uh, sounds and words and ideas and stories and whatever it may be tend to arrive uh, as well as in the routine of whatever it is. Do you write in the morning? Do you write in the evening? Trying to keep to that um, structure in a sense that your body and mind and all the mysteries within get accustomed to so you become more of a lucid channel. So a poet also needs to have a flexible schedule to not require too many possessions and thus too much of a binding income. And the freedom also to be weird, silly, odd, eccentric, imaginative, and strange in the eyes of the unfree world. So if you get yourself too um, focused on making a certain income or having uh, the cachet of a particular position in society, it tends to limit and constrain your poetry which I've always prioritized, though, as I've said recently, it does get harder as you get older. It's one thing to live that kind of life in your 20s and 30s, and you you get into your 40s and 50s, and uh, you start reprioritizing, but you don't want to reprioritize because you have to maintain that perspective that is that, in a sense, of the core child who is not leashed by considerations that the rest of the world seems to be bound by. This is, of course, uh, an ideal condition, not always a reality. And for the individual poem itself, its composition must be as free as it can be, drawing from a knowledge of prosodic rules, but the rules continually rising from within the poem's own borderless state, by which I guess I meant that you need to have your your toolbox at hand of all your prosody and poetics, but at the same time, it needs to emerge organically from listening to where the poem is taking you rather than being imposed from without. So I conclude, the poem always, in Robert Pinsky's words, needs to show its freedom by establishing its own principles, the unique physics and chemistry and atmosphere of a new planet. You've been listening to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce, word musicians. <laughs>